What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to $200 in fee-free overdraft with a Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Okay, before we start the show, uh, there is a reason that you have not yet heard our opening sounder, because inside the confines of the Neverland podcast, I only like to talk about things that are very positive. Uh, Even if we don't like something, we try to find a positive way to do it. Uh, But there has been some stuff here this week that has come out that really has not been any nice way of saying things. It just hasn't really been that great. Uh, And Eric brought up a topic that I figured we did have to discuss, and so I want to play that clip uh, that we recorded earlier, and I'm going to put it here instead of where he, he brought it up in the midst of the show. Uh, but here lately, in regards to Lucasfilm, uh, the solo film in The Last Jedi, you know, clearly there has been some fan backlash. Some fans are, have not enjoyed it. They didn't get exactly what they expected out of uh, what Luke Skywalker was become. Uh, there also has been concerns that some of Kathleen Kennedy's personal opinions and agendas have seeped into the Star Wars films where they do not belong. And there, anyone who has been critical of something in the Star Wars films has been attacked by some of the creators of any Star Wars uh, books and things like that. Uh, so they, they are, they're feeling attacked because oh, I've even... Rebel Force Radio pointed out that this Chuck Wendig, who's written some Star Wars books and some of the comics, referred to Star Wars fans as, well, a word that I will not use on Twitter, which started a big mess on Twitter. But, you know, things have really been escalating on both sides. And when we can't have a fair discussion of opinion without somebody labeling somebody or isting somebody, as Rebel Force Radio was putting it, when, you know, like misogynist or racist or whatever any ist or whatever name calling you're using, that is not productive. We are all Star Wars fans. And sometimes there's something that comes out in Star Wars that maybe not everybody enjoys. But why don't we actually just talk about, well, I didn't like this because of this. And why don't we just let that be like that and maybe talk about it. And because we enjoy talking about Star Wars and let's leave the name calling and bullying stuff at home. Okay, and that goes for both sides. I don't care what side of this you are on, whether you've enjoyed everything recently or you haven't. Let's let's just be fans and friends together. This is the same problem I have with our political system right now. We can't seem to just talk about things because everybody's going to bully each other. It's on both sides. And I, I, for one, am very tired of it. But we had a nice little discussion. Now, I don't know why, you know, Kelly Marie Tran, uh, we also know that she did delete uh, a lot of Instagram posts. Now, I, from what I've heard, we didn't actually hear from her or her publicist, but there was some media spin. And if you don't believe there's a media spin on everything, then uh, you need to maybe do a little research. I don't trust most media. I will go and check in various areas on a lot of stories because I find a lot of times the media doesn't give you the entire story of things. They give you a little bit and they have actually spun it to give you the information that they want you to have to shape your opinion. Even research can be done this way. And this is something I have studied at university and we've talked about that even though we do all this research, 
the way we feed the research can actually sway opinion. We can choose how that research is used. And the media is notorious for that uh, with giving you half fact if there's an opinion that they want you to have. Uh, and it was another thing. If you don't believe that happens, I think you need to do a little bit more research. And as we even discussed in one of my other classes, if you're going to just only a few places to learn your information, you're not going to enough places. You know, already get the full story of things. So, we also know that they were deleted, and there was there seems to be some sort of bullying thing that went on. We don't know the entire facts. We don't have any evidence left on there because it's all been deleted. All I'm saying, though, if you are out bullying on whatever cause that you're, you know, your name calling or saying that somehow, well, you're just an evil this because of somebody disagreeing with you without bothering to understand. Maybe why? Why is it they disagree with that? Why did they like the film or why did they not like the film or why do they think this way? Then you are part of the problem. Uh, but now without any further me lecturing or getting on my soapbox, let me just go for you and play the clip for you. And then we're going to turn the corner. We'll start the regular podcast and we'll start having our regular fun that we come to expect here. Uh, but like I said, I wanted to keep this separate from the regular podcast because our podcast is about having a good time. And this isn't fun when, when we have Star Wars fans biting at each other. You know, it's supposed to be about enjoying the films, books, the toys. And, and and if you don't enjoy a certain thing, that's okay. You don't have to go and buy that. You know, you don't have to pursue that. But we're supposed to just enjoy, you know, even if you haven't enjoyed any of the other films, You've enjoyed the primary films, I'm sure. There's always something in Star Wars that we've enjoyed, and I think we really need to focus on the fact that, overall, we enjoy Star Wars, and we're very excited to have a Star Wars Galaxy's Edge land coming to a Disney park. So, let's focus on what we enjoy. How about that? All right, well, here's the clip. You know, and, and on that note, and I know that we don't have this, and, and you can go ahead and delete this if you want to, You know, but I just got to say, you know, this whole junk going around with causing Kelly Marie Tran to delete her Instagram account, that's got to stop. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I, I did see some videos where people asking, you know, it's like the, the odd thing about this is it, it feels like a publicity stunt. But yet if people are doing stuff like that and and I can I can. I can imagine people, you know, not being a fan of a film because back in the old days, people would send you letters, you know, that you'd get it in your mail and say, oh, I really don't like that. And you would get you'd get letters. Now mm -hmm. it's a lot more public and it's all more social media. And now people don't have a uh, thick skin anymore to where they can, you yeah. know, they can just like whatever critic, you know, now. So I don't know how bad it was. And somebody I done another video I was watching. It's like. We, we would like to see the evidence, but unfortunately it's all deleted. But it was like, what happened? Because mm -hmm. I'm sure but, it's a small group of people who are just being jerks. Because oh, apparently yeah. this happened oh, yeah. to Daisy and, Ridley as well. Yes, it did. And, uh, you know, I, there is a Facebook page out there which is actively uh, and enthused, motivated, and, you know, are claiming, uh, you know, we were the ones that did this. We're the ones that pushed her away. And, you know, using some of the most vile terms, some of the least – uh, persuasive arguments or p least persuasive tactics to try and get someone over to your side. Um, just, just absolutely horrible stuff that's being mentioned and commented on over there. Um, there there's no place for it. Yeah, especially, I, just, I don't get it. Especially in Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. You didn't like that movie. Fine. But, you know, don't go and take it out on an actress. Exactly. I, I, See, so that's the thing. When I saw this and I didn't want to share it, and I don't, I don't know if we'll keep this on the show yeah. or not. It's and, a good conversation, but I, you know, I, it was such a negative thing. Like, you know, I don't really want to focus on that because I don't want to give any more 
publicity to these jerks. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? Let's focus on what we love. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to edit this around and we'll keep that in there. So it's like, yeah, we know this happened, but I don't want to give publicity to these jerks. That's a good way. We'll mm-hmm. just stick that in there because when I go. saw that, I was like, what? I mean, how what what are people doing? I mean, it's, it's, it's not cool. You know, but I mean, I granted if you're a critic of something, you might write a letter to an actress like I really didn't like you in that. And then, you know, I think people used to have a thicker skin like, you know what? That person didn't like it, but these people did. But what links are they going to now in social media? And I so I, I would like to see what all went down with this. And mm-hmm. I don't know if she flat out deleted her account, but she started deleting some posts. So yeah, I, I believe she deleted everything. Her account is still active, but she's taken everything down. Yeah. And I, just, so, I don't understand, you know, because well, you know, I know there's it, a lot of Matt like, fanboys, but dang. Yeah. Well, it, it's like, you know, Ethan Van Shiver, you know, the Green Lanterns artist. He's been going up and buying every Rose Tico action figure he can find. <laughs> and finding some way to destroy it. Oh, what the heck? And, you know, that's almost every video since he saw The Last Jedi that he's been doing on Facebook. It, it's supposed to be about his art and what he's doing, but... He's now focused on, you know, showing how he's destroying all of these action figures. The funny thing is, if he bought it, they still made money. So I'm like, yeah, exactly. burn him if you want to, but you still gave money. Thank you. Yeah. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper. And it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Grab or think of whichever it takes for you to get your happiest thought. And then we can fly away to Neverland. But, you know, it's kind of hard to find your way if you don't know where exactly that second star to the right is. Because you have to find the first star to find the second star. But lucky for you, I'm here. I, of course, am your host, the Spider-Pan of Neverland, Head Lost Boy Jeremy. Hello! And, of course, because I sometimes can get lost, we're bringing along Lost Boy Eric again. Hello! Hello, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Uh, well, you 2 uh, is somewhere having a very expensive concert. I'm sure they can help with that. Oh, okay, okay. Well, as long as as long as I can count on you 2 That sounds like that should be another song title too. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It sounds like it's a Disney song somewhere, but I don't know. I can't think. Of it. Okay. Well, but moving along, uh, we are going to have the second part of our stories series, which I'm going to try to do something all month long. But I might only get four of five weeks because June is actually going five weeks this year. 
Holy cow. How dare it? How, How dare, dare it? it? Exactly. So I have to come up with what might fit in the fifth show. Uh, we are working some plans to continue the conversation with some other special people. Uh, but this week, of course, you're going to hear Eric O'Keefe from the What If World podcast come along. And we're going to continue where we left off because, heck, I've already pre-recorded it. So time travel, folks. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but we have a lot of stuff that happened this week. And so oh my goodness. first yes. half of this show, my goodness, so this was the week of trailers. So, but we got to get d- diving right into all the things there is to talk about. But I got to mention, I have an appearance on Wookiee Radio, and it should actually release about the same time that this episode is released. Uh, WookieRadio.net is actually one of the shows by Michael Emke, who is our head of network for the Weeby Geeks Network. He also, of course, has Weeby Geeks and some sort of a Marvel show. I always forget it. It's like Marvel Geeks or something. I don't know. Mighty Marvel Geeks. Something like that. He's got a bunch of shows. But if you go to the Weeby Geeks website, uh, which I can't remember if it's a .net or .com, but just look it up, you can find all of these shows. I think you can even subscribe to a main feed to listen to every show on the Weeby Geeks Network, including the Neverland Podcast. So it's all there, but Wookie Radio, I did a panel or roundtable discussion about Solo on is it a failure, is it not, why has it failed, why hasn't it, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, we recorded it late last night, so everybody is kind of loopy, but there was a good discussion. Uh, and I actually will probably be popping up a few more times, I'm not sure exactly when, because uh, Mike wants to start doing a regular roundtable, and he's calling it like the Smuggler's Den or something. It's something from the original Expanded Universe, which I haven't read all those books. But <laughs> when there's a Star Wars topic that he wants a panel, I'm going to be summoned along with some other people, and that included uh, Dale Wentland from Network 1901, and he's been on the show. We had a nice discussion about The Last Jedi. He is a big Star Wars fan. Uh, so we had fun with him. Uh, there was another guy named John, who I guess he's a regular, and he's actually a, an artist with Marvel and does covers for some of the Star Wars books. Uh, he's actually working on uh, Star Wars Annual. I think he said it was a number four right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I was like, oh, dude. So I was, I'm trying to figure out where I've put all of my Star Wars comics so I can see if I've got anything that he's done so I can be like, dude. So, yeah, that was kind of cool. Okay, well, I, I do have a question about that, though. Uh-oh. Since it's, since it's Wookiee Radio, do we need to know Wookiees? Probably because the, the theme song. This is so funny. The theme song, uh, Chewie sings it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really funny. I was trying not to laugh because I think my microphone was live at the time. So, but I'm holding it in. But because uh, I, I never actually have listened to Wookie Radio before, but now I've been in an episode. Aha! Uh-huh. So there's definitely some fun in there, and Chewie does make some appearances here and there and stuff. It's fun. So, oh, good, good. So you got that to look forward to, and of course, continuing talk about story. But uh, we've got some news we better get into. So I guess we better get into it. Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Okay, well, let's get the bad news out of the way first. Although some of you probably think this is good news because the the world seems to be pretty mixed, but I guess Disneyland has already reopened the new parts of the Caribbean with Red. And Red is even walking around the park and doing some meet and greets. They're trying to make that character popular in her new version. 
uh, which some people are probably gonna be like, yeah, you know, the people are gonna be like, I liked it when pirates were pirates. <laughs> so, <laughs> but apparently Davy Jones is also gone, and you've got some of the original audio of Dead Men Tells No da- Tales, and uh, some of the stuff that I have, like, I've got a CD from the attraction that Philip picked up for me last time there at Walt Disney World, because I wanted a good Pirates of the Caribbean CD, and he mm-hmm. found, like, an old release thing that was really cool. It has, like, the original audio from Disneyland. It's really neat. Yep, so we lost a little bit of Paul Freeze from the auction scene, but yep. we've now gained back some Paul Freeze. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, they're trying the, to make us feel better for cutting the auctioneer's Paul Freeze out. It's like, well, we'll put Paul Freeze back in somewhere else. Yeah, that'll make it better. Sure, it will. Yeah, it helps. It helps. And I, and I heard something <laughs> and, about they put another X marking the Spock somewhere. I don't know what that's about, though. I, I don't know that either, but I do know that they've put in another skeleton with an animatronic octopus. Hmm. So, you know, almost two different worlds we live in. Uh, only Country Bears reference, uh, fans would get that reference. Anyhow. Well, okay. Uh, but yeah, they've, they've got a new octopus uh, in there as well. So I'm trying to keep it, uh, you know, spoiler free for me as much as possible so that when I see that, it surprises me. Um, but uh, yeah, another little addition and change that they've brought into, uh, into Pirates as well. Yeah, and there's something that actually happened a couple of weeks ago, and we're just starting to see ramifications. Uh, I think you might have a better understanding about all of this than I do, uh, but the annual passes, uh, and, and I, there was an article on the OC Register that I can't read because I'm not a subscriber, but there's mm-hmm. some restrictions, and I know Paul Berry was talking about some of this, where even there's more blackout dates, I guess, for certain levels of, of uh, annual pass holders to Disneyland, and they're even restricting the parking, apparently. Yeah, um, it, for for quite some time now. Um, of, of course, the different uh, tier levels grant you a different level of access to the parks. You know, if you've got the you know Premier Passport, of course, that means you're able to get into Disneyland and Disney World, 365 days a year, free parking, discounts, etc. Uh, as we start going lower on the tiers to the Signature Plus and the Signature. Um, those allow you, you know, to get into Disneyland a certain number of days a year. The the Signature Plus is a 365-day-a-year one, whereas the, the Signature, um, which was the pass that my family had, is blocked out for the week before and after Christmas. We then move on to lower tiers such as the Deluxe, the Southern California, and the Southern California Select. And as you keep going down with the tiers of these, there are more and more restrictions on uh, blackout dates and when you can use these. Um, With the last increase that went into effect with uh, annual passes, Disney had indicated that there were going to be some more changes coming further on down the road. And this week we learned what those changes are going to be. Uh, For these lower tiers, the Deluxe, the Southern California and the Southern California Select, uh, there are gonna be certain days where one park is blocked out uh, meaning you won't be able to go into Disneyland, but you will be able to use your pass to go to California Adventure. Uh, up until now, ever since California Adventure opened, you're able to use your uh, annual pass, regardless of the level, as a park hopper and go between either park. Uh, there was a time when it opened that uh, they were going to limit and restrict you to one park per day, but that changed when uh, DCA turned out to be not quite as successful as they had initially projected. So they're getting back to that uh, plan that they had previously where they were going to limit the amount of times that you could go into Disneyland or into California Adventure. It seems like the emphasis right now 
is on Disneyland, especially as they prepare for the opening of Black Spire and Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, and I think DCA is going to become a lot more attractive to people when Marvel starts moving in over there. Uh, that mm-hmm. should increase the demand. Uh, so they may have to rework it again. But apparently this is all a plan to try to get to where there's not... Because Disneyland, I guess, is just overcrowded for the amount of space they have. And they want to make sure everybody comes in there and gets a chance to actually enjoy themselves at Disneyland. And they have a problem of people who just come and just hang out on Main Street or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, you know, heck, if I if I live in the area and I'm like, I get, well, I got nothing to do tonight. I've got an annual pass. I'm going to Disneyland. I'm not going to just hang out on Main Street. I'm going to go do stuff. I'm going to go have a good time. Uh, so, I mean, I understand just enjoying the atmosphere of the place, sure. But I, I want to go ride something. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. Well, and, and, and definitely, and that's a big part of the attraction for people to get an annual passport. Um, is, is the ability just to say, you know what, let's go to Disneyland today. Um, and, and I'll admit, it's something that uh, was pretty, you know, was a big factor in the reason why my family and I in the past have had annual passes. Um, you know, one little thing that seems to fly in the face of this news, though, is uh, you know that Pixar Fest is going on right now with both yep. Disneyland and California Adventure. And coming up very soon is going to be the opening of Pixar Pier in California Adventure. Yeah. Well, despite this uh, change in blackouts, Disneyland is actually lifting blackouts for those lower tiers so that they can come in and experience Pixar Fest and Pixar Pier uh, here throughout the uh, remainder of June. Yeah, and I've, I've heard some audio already. They got like a, a special fireworks show with Pixar uh, celebrating mm-hmm. all of all the films, really. I mean, it sounds like it's a lot of fun. There's special parades and everything. Uh, if I was over in the area, I definitely would check it out because I do love me some Pixar. Uh, oh, yes. And I am still hoping to hear that I'm going to have won that trip. Uh, what was it? June 30th is the opening day uh, in Walt Disney World for Toy Story Land. And there was that little sweepstakes that they were running off the Disney Parks blog. And I tried to enter as much as I could. So I'm hoping to hear that I've won that trip. But I think they probably would have contacted me by now if I won. So well, I'm, 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 going. I'm hoping for it, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I want to go. Free passes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and and I know we've talked a little bit about my trip to uh, Walt Disney World. I've just got to say, I am completely addicted to all things Disney World now. So, uh, (laughs) you know, if there's any cast members out there who, you know, wouldn't mind letting a family use their uh, passes, hey, let me know. (laughs) Or anybody who works for an airline that will pretend that I am their brother and our immediate family (laughs) that will just get me onto a flight. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if anybody GSA can fly might for have free. an issue with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we're, we're twins. Can't you tell? You know? <laughs> but, you know, um, there, there's a lot of Pixar goodness coming to all of the parks this year. And, you know, with Pixar Pier opening up and with uh, Toy Story Land opening, you know, there, there's a lot going on on both coasts for everyone who really wants to get in and see what's going on. Yeah, and uh, when I graduate in December, I'm, life's going to change a little bit. I'm going to get to them parks. And in fact, you know, uh, my wife is currently out of town for one of two trips she's got to do. She's, so Pixie Heather has been gone a week. She's going to be gone a, this this coming week. She's still in Oklahoma with the training. When she comes back, she's got to get ready for this HOSA thing for it's a national competition that she's got some kids that qualified for. So she's got to go off to Dallas. Uh, but next year, there's talks that the national HOSA competition is going to take place in Orlando. So she'll get to spend a week oh. down there. And I'm like, okay, if you're going to Orlando, I'm coming with. And you go to your little competition, I'm going to the parks. So I'm going to see if I can make it happen. Well, there you go. I have there a plan. You go. 
course, I might be the new guy at some sort of radio station, and they'll be like, well, you want vacation time already? To which I will be like, you know what? We make this a thing. Because I one time, a long time ago, heard a radio, and it was a syndicated show, though, but I heard on the radio a guy who would, you know, they did a thing partnering with, uh, I believe it's Give Kids the World, probably that they partnered mm-hmm. with, but they were down there on the resort property, and they were having breakfast and talking to all the kids and their families that were getting a chance to come to Walt Disney World through Give Kids the World, and it was a good promotion for Disney, it was good for the radio station, you got to make sure you emphasize that to your boss. Uh, and it's also good for Give Kids the World. It's a great charity. So I'm thinking, you know, if if it came down to where, like, okay, I want to go to Walt Disney World with my wife when she goes down, hmm, you know, it's going to be pricey for me to go down and want to hit the park every day. Oh, and I have this new job. I can broadcast live. Let's go do a remote at Walt Disney World. You know, that there kind of thing. There we go. <laughs> so I have a plan, you know, especially if I can get, like, somewhere on morning. Even if I'm, like, small market somewhere morning, that would be good. So, yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to make this work. Oh, yeah. You know, regardless of whatever type of cloak and dagger tactics we need to make it happen. <laughs> yep. And speaking of which, guess what happened Thursday? Uh, I think there was a premiere on TV. Yes. And uh, I just actually watched it off my DVR this morning. A two-hour premiere of Marvel's Cloak and Dagger. And I did not see Kevin Feige's name as a producer credit anywhere on this. Hmm. And there was no... Normally, you know, they... Like, on the Netflix shows uh, and Daredevil, they even referenced the New York incident. You know, they would they make sure to say, oh, by the way, we are connected to the films. This did not seem to indicate anything of being connected at all to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that's hmm. fine with me that it's not connected, because I, I didn't expect to be impressed with it, and I wasn't. Hmm. This, I mean, if you're, if you're familiar with Freeform... The only time I watch it is, you know, they'll show some movies on the weekends and you get these ads for really a whole lot of shows that I could care less about. Freeform has definitely a style. I mean, and it's no longer there's a good reason why it's Freeform and no longer ABC Family. Uh, there was quite a bit of language, actually, in this Cloak and Dagger thing that I didn't think within its time hmm. slot they'd be allowed to drop certain words. I was like, okay, Legion, I've, I haven't watched the second season, but Legion, it's a late night. I kind of expect I'm going to get some stuff if I watch it. And it was the first season was very entertaining, but I cannot recommend it on a Neverland level because nowhere near family friendly because uh, it's very disturbing in a lot of ways. Uh, this one, I would have to give it also the ne- big Neverland kick of like, yeah, for, as far as like a television, uh, not really what I'd call family friendly TV and boring as heck if, unless you want a teen drama show. And so your teenage daughter may want to watch this, but it's up to you whether you think that the language is appropriate for the target audience. That's up to you, parents. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it, I don't think it's really aimed at Marvel fans. It's aimed at people who are into the style of show that Freeform has. Right. Uh, so I, I personally, I did not enjoy it. I don't know if I'm going to continue to watch because right now, I mean, I like Tyrone, who's going to be Lona's cloak, I guess, at some point. I liked mm-hmm. his character. He was interesting. Uh, but boy, they made Tandy kind of just unlikable. She's just a crook, you know. Mm. And I'm like, I guess there's going to have to be a turnaround, you know, because at some point we need to be able to think of these two as heroes. But right now they're just dealing with all their teen drama. And I, you know, did you watch it? You know, I didn't. But uh, from what from from the description you're giving, it it's reminding me a lot about uh, Runaways that I've seen on Hulu. Yeah, I haven't watched that one because I wasn't sure if I would like it. Mm-hmm. 
And I've only seen just the first episode of that, and I had a really hard time getting into it. Uh, I, I love the source material. You know, for both Runaways and Cloak and Dagger, I love the comics. There's some pretty, you know, fantastic stuff going on in, in each of those titles. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to see, you know, with, you know, these last several series that uh, Marvel's tried to get off the ground on TV, you know, this, uh, Inhumans, and just, you know, really having a difficult time, you know, trying to find its tone and voice, or, or even in some cases, just, just starting off on completely the wrong foot. Yeah. And I, I'm still kind of wondering, you know, I'm, I, I see some some bit of attempt of faithfulness to some of the source of the material, because they did have the initial where there's a childhood tragedy where they kind of have met... Uh, and also, they did keep where uh, all, I think in the comics when I was reading up uh, or when I was trying to check up, it's uh, Tyrone's friend Billy when they're kids that gets killed. Uh, mm-hmm. But they made it his brother Billy. But in, in the comics, Tyrone's supposed to have had a stutter as a child and wasn't able to say no, 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 don't shoot. He didn't do it. You know, he just stands there and watches. Right. Uh, they're bringing in Roxon though, making that. I think that's going to be an important factor. There's been a lot of mentions okay. of Roxon, but they're. They haven't really explained how they got their powers as children with this accident. This weird light kind of went over them when this Roxxon oil tanker goes. In the comics, there was some sort of weird experimental drug that some, they experimented on right. these two. And it might have been Roxxon that did it. I'm not entirely certain. So, I mean, they're, they're at least keeping somewhat some source material, but they've kind of changed it where Tandy is supposed to come grown up with privilege. Well, they had this where she was, yeah, privileged till she was like five years old. And then she's now got a drunken mother living on the street. Uh, and Tyrone, suddenly his life turned around and he's got a bit more privileged life. His mother works in politics and stuff like that. And he's going to a good Catholic school. Uh, but he's got a stronger moral compass than Tandy does, that's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, so it sounds like a little bit of role reversal there. Yeah, they're, they're switching some of the character style up. And I still... I, I've only got, you know, admittedly, I've only got like the Maximum Carnage series that I know of that has Cloak and Dagger in it. But the Light Daggers don't do knife blade damage as far as I remember and in this they mm. have she's she's uh, nearly killed somebody that was uh, in a very rough to watch attempted rape scene uh, so parents be cautioned if you have a teenage child you want to you know see if this would be a show for them it's it, that's it's that's 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 more than I would I think if I had a teenager I don't think I'd want them to see something like that mm. I mean it was pretty intense and there is even some uh car sex going on. I'm like, okay, yeah, see, they're, they're seeming to be aiming for... The style of story is aimed at a teenager, but it's very adult in the way they're presenting it, so I don't think they know who they're making this show for. Because, I, like I said, if I had kids, I wouldn't let them watch this show. But it doesn't have anything that appeals to me as an adult, either. So, yeah. <laughs> so, hopefully, maybe there's something better, because Peter Pan has recently had... Uh, well, because I guess what I've got is the Diamond Edition. What are they calling this new edition of Peter Pan five years later? This this <laughs> is the Signature Edition. Uh, the Signature... Uh, coll- oh, no. It's the Anniversary Edition in the Walt Disney Signature Collection. So this kind of ties in with Peter Pan just had... Is this the 60 year that we just celebrated? Uh, this would be the 65th anniversary. 65th. Uh, P- okay. Yeah. Peter Pan was released in 1953. Yeah, I knew we just had a big celebration because I remember I was, I was excited about it. And But, of course, I've got the 60-year anniversary uh, Diamond Edition, which I got at Target. It had a storybook with the two-disc set. Oh. So I didn't mm-hmm. get a digital copy at the time. But, it, and, you know, it had like – and I don't know if it's a reprint from like an old storybook, but it's really kind of neat. It's got a book with it. 
So I was really mm-hmm. happy, and that's why I didn't get the uh, the digital copy. Uh, so I, you know, part of me kind of wondered: Do I need to go and buy another Blu-ray just to get a digital copy? What all would you recommend upgrading? Yeah, I, I actually would. You know, to be honest, um, I've got my entire Disney collection, which you know, I, up until DVDs came out, I had every VHS movie that Disney had released. Uh, and then when DVDs came out, I started collecting DVDs, and so I now have dvds for every movie released up until blu-rays and then i started collecting blu-rays um with a very few exceptions uh most of my uh collection ever since i started getting dvd i've only got the dvd and i haven't upgraded to blu-ray this time i did this time i i I have upgraded to the blu-ray and the digital and i can tell you it's almost a night and day difference in quality uh Mm -hmm. for the production the dvd i have is from 2002 so it is older, and uh, your DVD, uh, or I'm sorry, your current Blu-ray may you know match this one for image quality and sound quality, uh, but it's also got some really good uh, special features that uh, go along with it. There's a conversation uh, with Catherine Beaumont, who is the voice of Wendy, and also the voice of Alice a couple of years uh, earlier. Yeah. Um, you've got. Uh, you know, just it, it, it's a nice transfer it's a nice uh, presentation the picture is crystal clear and looks absolutely wonderful i'm actually watching the digital version of this as we're chatting right now <coughs> excuse me does the digital version have some of the special features attached oh yeah 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 um both on voodoo as well as through movies anywhere i'm able to access all of the special features that are on the discs so you know what I might do because uh, really the and we were talking before we recorded because I got you know from five years ago that diamond edition and f- most of the same special features are there. So if you bought that one five years ago, you might be okay. You know you might want to go ahead and get another one if you want to. Uh, but I really what I would need now is a digital copy and to get mm-hmm. the extra spo- special features that I'm missing and just I, I will have gained something for digital copy. That's all I really need. So I'm thinking. I may just, you know, have to splurge a little, get on the movies anywhere and go get my digital. Mm-hmm. Which, I le- while you're talking, if you've got anything else you want to talk about on it, I might just go take a look and see how much that digital copy would cost. Well, you know, um, I, I've been able to watch it through once. Again, I, the image quality is fantastic. I'm seeing some details that I've never noticed in the past before, uh, especially with the shadows and the shading. Um you know, I haven't spent much time yet delving within the special features. Uh, there, there's one, it's actually an older one, where uh, they go through and interview children of the nine old men, you know, those master animators, and they talk about what life was growing up uh, with these uh, men in their homes and, you know, the things that they would bring home from work and the way that work influenced their lives. You know, certainly you can't talk about uh, Frank Thomas without mentioning uh, his railroad or Walt Kimball. You know, the same way. You also can't talk about Frank Thomas without uh, Ollie Johnston. Um, So it's a really fascinating look into the impact that these men had, you know, how how it impacted their lives at home and and their descendants, their children and their grandchildren. Uh, So, uh, again, that's one of the older special features that I think is probably on the Blu-ray from five mm-hmm. years ago that you've got, but yeah. uh, you know it's it's you know some really fantastic and great uh, information and background, and you know it, it's 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 just a great purchase. I'm glad I've got this in my connection or yeah. collection. 
And the digital copy is available. Uh, it, it's taken me over to Voodoo from the, the movies anywhere. Uh, Fourteen ninety nine for the digital. Oh, not bad. Copy. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, so, oh, well, fourteen ninety nine for standard definition. High definition, nineteen ninety nine. Ah, I'd almost could buy the, <laughs> the yeah. disc for that. So. For about $5 uh, more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of us would be worth it. Uh, and in fact, I did look, if you're a part of the Disney Movie Club, they are partnering it with Return to Neverland uh, for like thirty four ninety five. So, I mean, that's a pretty good deal. And part of me is tempted. So, uh, I'll, I'll make a decision at some point on that. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, but definitely a good release. Uh, I guess we'll move on to some other things that we uh, got a little bit more detail uh, we heard about this, oh, months ago. Uh, I know Atari did a little tease that they were making a new console. But oh yes, yes. yes. Uh, and this week, of course, this weekend is E3. Uh, they've actually dropped a quick trailer out there to show the Atari VCS. Uh, so you're going to be able to play games. You're going to be able to stream content. Uh, it's basically a modern console. The difference is you have a library of classic Atari games from the 2600, yes. which is pretty cool. Uh, I've mm-hmm. actually got, uh, you know, they, they were releasing those those little sets that didn't have a have one, uh, you know, have a bunch of games on it, uh, which yeah. I got the reminder that a lot of those old games were designed for two players and you can't play some of these games by yourself. Mm-hmm. So uh, they have an Indiegogo campaign, Indiegogo campaign that you can come and back. Uh, they've already got nearly $3 million. So there's 21 days left of this. Uh, if you go to atarivcs.com, you can find your link to go over and check it out. And they have some different packages uh, for like $299. So that's you know, average cost. You can get a collector's edition, which has the VCS controller and a, which it's, it's basically like a modern controller. It kind of looks a lot like the Xbox 360 controller to me. Uh, and also it's going to have a more classic style joystick. Uh, now I've noticed that it has something about GST and VAT not included. I have not figured out what that means. I think that has something mm. to do with international tax or something like that. Uh, but you can buy individual controllers. Uh, there is an Onyx that is, I, I guess it's, it's more of a solid black. Because the design of this, they made it look like the old 2600. It's actually got a wood panel front, and then it's got those ribs kind of going up, and then it does kind of come up to the surface, although you don't have all these switches. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't see, though, where you would insert any sort of a disc. So I'm thinking all of your games are going to be digital. Mm-hmm. Which, which is very possible. I know that uh, the industry as a whole is going that direction. Yeah, and I'm 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 not particularly fond of that. I like having a hard copy, although I do do find myself buying digital copies sometimes when I can get them super cheap. So, uh, but there's a lot of different varieties of different packages that you can order. Uh, there's even like for two seventy nine, you can get this Onyx early all in, which has the Onyx uh, black cover, classic joystick, modern controller. There's only 432 left at the time of this recording, uh, so you can save yourself about 20 bucks uh, by having this black cover. Of course, you're gonna have to pay for shipping, and shipping's probably gonna be expensive. Uh, but there's mm-hmm. there's some variety of different ways that you can purchase this online. I'm sure eventually this will be available in stores, but apparently they're selling uh, quite a few of them right now. I've got uh, 10,549 backers, so I wow. would say that's you know over 10,000 units sold already. 
So oh, and the important question is, is it going to come with a copy of E.T. pre-installed on it? <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't see it listed. <laughs> I think they're mainly going to have stuff that Atari made themselves. Uh, so I'm seeing Adventure and Asteroids and Yars Revenge and Missile Command and Crystal ah. Castles, Centipede, Tempest, Gravatar, <laughs> Secret Quest, Breakout, Combat, Circus Atari. Uh, wow. I almost worth it just to get all that. Boy, if I had the money that... Oh, look, Sword Quest! Well, Waterworld well, and Earthbound. Uh, Techno Retro Dads hopefully got to say and to see this because they were just talking about that. Three Sword, well, Sword, uh, three Sword Quest games. Wow! Well, I'm hoping that, you know, since we're bringing back Atari, you know, uh, reliving the glory days of Nolan Bushnell, you know, how soon can we start getting a resurgence of the Rock of Fire explosion? Oh, actually, it's already started. There is a Rock of Fire bar that is opened here in Kansas City. Oh, wow. I'm going to go check it out when I can. I want to find out if it's like, you know, because, you know, a lot of these retro arcades, you pay five, six dollars at the door and then just play all you want. If that's mm-hmm. what they do, then I'm in. I'll, I'm going to go for it because then I can play whatever games. And uh, although they do have, uh, so they're, they're covering some different songs with the Rock of Fire. And they, they, I haven't watched the new video because I wanted to wait till I'm there, but I guess they've covered something that's notorious B.I.G. Now, I, I have seen previously on YouTube people would, who that managed to buy a Rock of Fire for their own personal use would program them and just grab the audio from whatever song. And so they would actually just be singing along to like karaoke, you know, with whatever voice of the original artist. Uh, I have heard that the uh, let's see, what show was I listening to? They actually uh, I think it was uh, Jonathan Johnson's Disney Blue uh, Diz on Demand. He was talking to the guy who invented the Rock of Fire explosion. Uh, a couple weeks mm-hmm. back, I want to talk to him see if I can get him on the show. But I'm wondering because he was talking about he's been recording some new audio, so I wonder oh. if he he's been doing some newer songs and doing covers, so it actually sounds like the Rock of Fire. So mm-hmm. I want to get out to this place and check it out whenever I have time. Maybe I'll wait for. Well, Heather, I don't think was a big didn't go to showbiz like I did, so I don't know if she'd be that interested. But I want to get some friends together and go and check it out, and then I'll record down from there. Maybe I can talk to the people who have run it and talk a little bit about the thing. Uh, but it is primarily a bar, uh, and mm-hmm. I don't drink, so but I will go and hang out and play video games any old time, you know, <laughs> and watch a Rock of Fire show. So there you go. There you go, you know, resurgence. And, you know, I, I do have one other bit of news that uh, we haven't uh, included in our notes, and I know time is short today, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to mention, we were just talking about games and you know how the VCS, you know, maybe it's getting away from physical media. Well, one of the stores that uh, I know you and I visit quite a bit is GameStop. You know, because they've got that physical media there, which is easy for us to access and purchase, well, apparently GameStop is no longer going to be in just the video game business. I don't know if you've heard about this, but GameStop is going to start selling comic books. Oh, they're trying to keep up with vintage stock. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, not, nothing big there, but I just thought it was a, a, an interesting note considering our conversation previously. Yeah, well, heck, they already sell some different collectibles and toys and stuff at a GameStop, and mm-hmm. they started doing movies. So, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm expecting some of their locations are going to have to grow in size a little bit because they really uh, are competing with vintage stock here in my local area, at least. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I got I a vintage stock less than a mile selling... away. So. Ah, there you go. Well, I, I think they're just going to be selling, you know, current releases rather than anything vintage so i'm sure they'll try to track down some back issues and it'll happen it'll happen give Mm -hmm. them some time they'll start (laughs) growing that collection but be kind of incredible yeah it'd be kind of incredible because you know coming next week the incredibles 2 hits theaters and lego incredibles will hit stores 
And uh, this, this is kind of looks neat. Uh, I I usually don't buy a game when it first comes out because they'll come out at the sixty bucks. Although sometimes mm-hmm. the Lego games come out a little lower, so uh, and maybe we'll get lucky. But uh, but this is coming out next week. I, I've seen some trailer on it. This is basically you're going to get to play through both Incredibles movies, so you could spoil the second movie for yourself. You could. In fact, I as I was looking uh, and researching this before uh, our conversation today, I think I stumbled on a spoiler. Whoops! Don't say anything then. Yeah. <laughs> So, but, you know, gameplay looks great. It's it's a classic Lego action that, yeah. you know, we've seen in all of their titles. Um, you know, kind of, I, I'm a little upset because this kind of is the uh, uh, Disney Infinity game that I would have liked to have seen. Yeah, yeah. But <sighs> things are what they are. <laughs> they are what they are. Yeah, but thank you, Lego, for continuing to make some Disney properties for us to go and play with in your Lego world. Just makes me happy. It's just fun. So, mm-hmm. This is definitely something's going on my list of Lego games I need to get. I got a long list of Lego games I haven't gotten yet, so I haven't finished playing through Marvel superheroes yet either. <laughs> That's fun. Ah. <laughs> I keep getting distracted, fun. and I've been you know been trying to play um, uh, the the Kingdom Hearts, and I got stuck on Cerberus, and I haven't been able to play that game in weeks now. What I'm going to do because I got stuck there instead of streaming and letting y'all watch me get my butt kicked by a giant three-headed dog, I'm going to continue to play it. When I beat the dog, I'll upload video of it and then I'll continue streaming because I can't. <laughs> I, I I got used to more modern gaming and how combat works, and this is very in an old school style. It doesn't seem like it has the same strategy. It, I, it this game has felt to me like. It came from a company that's used to doing turn-based Final Fantasy games and trying to do an actual action combat. It doesn't feel like it flows as well. Yeah, and I would agree. You know, uh, the main reason I bought a PlayStation 2 was Kingdom Hearts. And at the time, you know, holy cow, how long ago was that now? Almost 13 years. Um, Now probably 12 or 12 years. No, 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 it'd be even more than that. (laughs) I wasn't married, so <laughs> it was that long ago. <clears throat> but still, you know, at the time, I remember it flowing very nicely and very well. But as I've been replaying it on my PS3, um, I can't help but you know notice how clunky it is and how yeah. uh, the difficult the camera makes it to move. Oh and, yeah, you know, especially in combat. So. <laughs> Excuse me, I I definitely feel for you. Yeah, so it has not been an easy game, but I but I do want to go through and I want to play it uh, because I'm I'm pretty excited for the, the the third one coming out. Looks really cool, mm-hmm. and I'm sure the gameplay they've they've managed to work on their mechanics in that time. But I want to be caught up on it, and I have so many different things. But I also am getting distracted uh, since I finished The Witcher Three. And I'm only—I was only trying to play Kingdom Hearts on the weekend, so I was streaming it. I kind of got into playing Fallout Three a little bit, so because mm. I've had that sitting for a year, I had bought it and I hadn't put it in my PS3, and so I'm like, you know, I need—I want to check this out, and so I got playing that a little bit, and uh, you know, it's pretty good. And then eventually, I do want to play Dragon Age Inquisition, but I will get back to playing some Kingdom Hearts, and I'm going to beat that Cerberus, and I'm going to get back on it. And uh, I, I will be playing it again, and we'll be putting it up on our YouTube channel if you're hopefully following us on YouTube and checking it out. Well, there you go. You know, hopefully with these other games, you know, especially with Fallout, I hope the gameplay isn't too uh, creepy or cookie, kooky, <laughs> or mysterious. Maybe a little spooky. Could uh, be. Which we just and I think we heard something about a new Adams Family animated movie was coming. 
I, I, yes. I feel like we've talked about this, but they have a cast list. So this is pretty neat. So we got Charlize Theron, who's going to voice Marticia Adams, and mm-hmm. Chloe Grace Moretz as Wednesday Adams. Now, Chloe Grace Moretz, I'm, I'm, I know who that is, but I can't think of who that is. She's been uh, in some stuff. Yeah, she, she's been in a few different things. Um, then probably the most family-friendly one that comes to mind is the remake of Dark Shadows with Johnny Depp. <laughs> Did anybody but actually watch that? <laughs> teenage daughter in that. There, there's, there's a, there's, I know it's a, a couple other movies, but I can't really say their name because because they uh, kick a lot of butt. Yeah, and that when she, she wasn't she in Hit Girl or something. I didn't watch those yes. movies. I watched a yes. clip of it. and I just, it, it was like, yeah, I didn't. I don't know. I couldn't get into it. I'm sorry, guys, but I could. Mm-hmm. I know there's probably fans, but I couldn't get into that little with the little clips that were in the middle of the movie. I was like, yeah, this doesn't look that great. Uh, but now, got, did you see? Did you see who's playing uh, a new witchy role in Grandmama? Bette Midler. Yes. Uh, but Finn Wolfhard or Wolford as Pugly, Nick Kroll as Uncle Fester. That name sounds familiar too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nick Kroll's uh, done a few things. Unfortunately, my uh, tablet's not keeping up to speed here with us, so I can't <laughs> pull up exactly. But well, you know who Finn Wolfhard is? Nope. Stranger Things. Oh, he's one of the kids. Yes. Which kid do you know? Um, I believe that he is. Uh... Oh, and I can't get to my IMDb here at the moment. Uh, he's um, he's 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 Will Will Byers, I believe. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. And that, no, he's not the one that was in in that Stephen King's It here. That was, I think, one of the different one of the kids. But yeah, I think that was one of the other kids. These kids are going to be like typecast into this type of picture here, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so the Adams family is going to be facing off against a reality host played by Allison Janney named Margot Needler. And they're actually waiting for their extended family to arrive for some sort of celebration. Sounds <laughs> similar to some of the things they did in that first live action movie when they had the whole family get together there in that mm-hmm. one scene, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but oh, the, the script is actually being written by Pamela Petler, who wrote Corpse Bride, which that's oh. a pretty good movie. I did like that one. Uh, what does make me wonder about the tone is some of the other people that are working on this. Um, now, where did it go? I lost his name, but he's worked on some stuff that's not exactly some family-friendly stuff. Um, now I can't find it. Well, yeah, the guy who directed Sausage Party, Conrad Vernon, oh. is directing this. That's what makes me kind of... Uh? Oh, and Oscar Isaac, Poe Dameron himself, yes. is Gomez Adams. How perfect is that? Mm-hmm. I love that. But I'm a little, you know, granted a director, just because they did something like Sausage Party in animation doesn't mean they can't do something that you can take to your, your whole family to and enjoy, like the Adams family right. should be. It should be everybody's going to be able to have fun and laugh at their antics. Uh, but we're looking oh. at October 11th, 2019, so we're still more than a year away from this. But uh, I'm interested. I think it could be fun. Oh yeah, and and I'll tell you the the visual style immediately grabbed me because it is very close to that original Charles Adams style from his yes, original cartoons. Is. Oh yes, they are very weird looking. So I think this would be fun. I wonder who's Lurch though. They didn't say anything about Lurch. Um, I'll call it right now. It's Brad Garrett. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. No Brad idea. Garrett would be fantastic. <laughs> I mean, him playing Eeyore is, is gotten me excited, too. <laughs> He's perfect, but can you imagine Brad Garrett just go, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, just about every episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> exactly. 
but now uh, we got an extended stay in the trailer park coming. All right, y'all. One more time. It don't matter what you look like. It don't nobody gonna sing with me. Okay. The Neverland Trailer Park. All right, now this first one, we knew this was coming. Because when I talked to, uh, I think one of their names was Sharky. Uh, I can't remember their names. I should have looked this up. But they did that Floyd Norman uh, documentary. And I noticed when I watched it, there was a mention of somebody working on the uh, the How to Train Your Dragons trilogy. And I so I asked them about it on mm-hmm. the podcast. Like, that's a trilogy. Is there a third one coming? And they said, yes, it's coming. And we finally got a trailer for it. So uh, let's take a quick listen to it. dragons when I was a boy. Where they went, only a few know. Our story changed the world forever. We did it! The world's first dragon Viking utopia. Your utopia, maybe. Mine's less crowded and more sanitary. Hey, bud, wait up! Oh my god, he's not the only one. She's a light fury. Oh, sorry. Did she just disappear? Wow. It's a hidden dragon world. Toothless, go introduce yourself. Found my heart, broke it, made friends and lost Toothless has a girlfriend. <laughs> I've hunted every night, Fury, except yours. Hand him over. I will never give him up. <laughs> then I will destroy everything you love. We are no longer safe here. We all have to disappear completely off the map. We have to fight for their freedom. Come on, Mike! You're nothing without your dragon. Attack! Show them what you got, bud. Save him. You and me, bud. Always. And holy cow. I just, I love this. Uh, yeah. Even yeah. Th- that first shot where you see like an older hiccup and he's got a beard and stuff. Uh, so I, it looks like they're, they're really aiming at wrapping this up. Mm hmm. And seeing that not only is there a uh, what is it not a night you know night dragon whatever night that, fury night fury but there's a light fury and a female one so we finally found more so that's exciting although I I worry a little bit that it's a, a bit of a repeat of the second film because there's somebody out there hunting dragons again mm-hmm. so it's like yeah didn't we see this in the second movie and also having a secret area we didn't know about where we're going to find other dragons that we didn't know existed sounds like the yeah. second movie. But and I, the first, even. Uh, yeah, kind of is. Yeah. But you know what? I, I still I love these movies. So I'm going. I don't care. 
<laughs> so like Incredibles 2, it feels like a repeat of the first one, but I don't, I'm still going to go and have a good time. Now, personally, I'm a little concerned that Chris Sanders uh, isn't directing this, um, but there. Hmm? Ooh, I said. <laughs> yeah. And, and I know that there's actually been uh, kind of a convoluted history behind uh, the creation of this film. So it'll definitely be interesting to see what kind of final product we get with it. Yeah. But uh, it's also talking the world of animation, because really that's where we are this week. Uh, Spider-Man is back over at Sony. Miles! Yeah. Gotta go. If you want me to drive you, we gotta go now. No, I'll walk. Personal chauffeur going on. It's okay. Seriously, Dad, walking would have been fine. Breaking news. Spider-Man saves the day again. Spider-Man. This guy swings in once a day, zip zaps off Nancy. Accountability. Man, you get arrested? Gosh, don't cops run red lights? Well, yes, some do. But uh, not your dad. In your universe, there's only one Spider-Man. But there is another universe. It looks and sounds like yours, but it's not. My name's Miles Morales. Hey, kid. You're like me. How? I knew my day would come around this time. I know it's complicated. Just had to get my soul and free my mind. You want to know what happened to you? I can teach you to be Spider-Man. Mm, I love this burger. So delicious. Mm, one of the best burgers I've ever had. You have money, right? I'm not very liquid right now. I think you're going to be a bad teacher. How am I supposed to save the whole world? You can't think about saving the world. You have to think about saving one person. One thing I know for sure, don't do it like me. Do it like you. Brooklyn! I see the spark in you. It's amazing. Hands up! Whatever you choose to do with it, you'll be great. I love you, Miles. Yeah, I know, Dad. You gotta, gotta say I love you back. Dad, are you serious? I, I want to hear, hear it. it. You want to hear me I say it? I love you, Dad. You're dropping me I off out of school? I love you, Dad. Look at this place. Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. That's, That's a copy. copy. Time to swing, just like I taught you. When did you teach me that? I didn't. It's a little joke. The team building. Hey, guys. Okay, who are you? I'm Gwen Stacy. Come on. How many more spider people are there? Save us at Comic-Con. What's Comic-Con? Let's go! And, okay, so now that we've heard the audio of this, I still have to say... I don't know that I like the animation style. It looks so choppy. Now, granted, this is Sony animation, and they did sort of a choppy style with the Peanuts movie. I'm pretty sure that was them. But that Mm -hmm. seemed to work. It made the Peanuts movie feel a little bit like the old classic animation. But I don't know. It seems like this was purposeful where you have this choppy animation. But we're getting another look at this. It looked like they're trying to make the comic book kind of come to life with Miles Warren. Because at one point you see him go down the street and these little yellow uh, text boxes are kind of moving by so i was like well maybe that's yeah. what they're thinking wait miles warren or miles morales whoops miles morales you know miles R- warren R- has not been in a film yet <laughs> maybe they need to do that too maybe they do maybe we do they'll start cloning movie. everybody yeah they'll start cloning people <laughs> with a jackal and i don't know if we want that but you know personally i love this art style it grabbed me immediately and you know i didn't go to the peanuts movie it made me think of 
the Disney short Paper Man. Oh, yeah. Except for Paper Man, um, the animation was smooth. It well, looked fantastic. And I know, and I absolutely love Paper Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm looking at this as kind of an evolution or you know, so, something similar to it. But uh, I really, it, it really grabbed me, and I really liked it. You know, I, I like the relationship that they're setting up between Peter and Miles yeah. uh, as kind of a mentor relationship. Um, you know, if, if for those who have read the Ultimate Comics, there was no opportunity for Peter to do that for Miles in the comic books, uh, at least to begin with. Uh, they actually killed Peter off, and now all of a sudden we need a new Spider-Man. Oh, let's uh, let's let's bring in someone brand new oh, and say that he got bit by the same spider. You know, different, different uh, situation. But I really like this. Uh, you know, and you know, even the the hint that we've got more than just uh, Peter Parker and Miles Morales, we've also got a Spider Verse. Yeah, an entire Spider Verse, complete with the Gwen uh, Stacy. Yeah, and I'm not uh, a fan of the Spider Verse so much, though either. I I know, I know. I'm never going to be able to convince you that you know there's there's you know some good stuff out there, even though. A lot of it was from Dan Slott's mind, yeah. Which you know, he's no longer focused on amazing anymore. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I love the concept of the Spider Verse. It works well with uh, the multiverse aspect of the Marvel universe. Um, yeah, and I guess the the look overall, if you look at a still frame of it, does look good. But yeah, that that it's it's like television quality animation, mm-hmm. and I, I would expect a little bit better. Uh, but I might go see this just because it's Spider-Man and it, it you know, couldn't be any worse than Homecoming. <laughs> but I guess we're ready. But you got any more you want to add to that one or shall we move on to our next animated feature that I'm pretty excited about? Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about that. A lifetime has passed since the horrific events of Taco Tuesday. Our lives descended into chaos. This new life has toughened and hardened us all. Two coffees, please. One black, one with just a touch of cream and 25 sugars. Well, toughened most of us. I wake up in the morning. Wide awake. Good morning. For the day. Hello, cyborgs. What a morning. Good morning, sewer babies. Emmett. You gotta stop pretending everything is awesome. It isn't. Yeah, I get it. And that's why I've cultivated a totally hard-edged side that's super tough and- Look! Look! A shooting star! Make a wish! <gasps> oh no. Something new. What is it up to? I don't know, but that beat is pretty fresh. Uh-oh. It's like it knows our every move. Weird, right? Emmett! What? Bring me your fiercest leader. This guy is the special. This guy was a fierce warrior. Okay, well, technically, I did the warrior stuff. So you fought and master built and kicked butt, and then the hapless male was the leader. He, uh, well. Hang on to your fronts, Planny. We're going 
to save Lucy and all of the other people who were captured. Behold the Sistar Sister. No woes. Do not give her the satisfaction of woeing this. That's even worse. Stop it! So that was the Lego movie, too. And I love the fact that it's called the second part. <laughs> I mean, this is great. because You know, Chris Pratt has really shown that he is a very funny and charming kind of guy, even when he's a little clueless Lego character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this movie, the look and feel of it is entirely different. And I, I think I see where they're going because you have this this dark world. And I'm thinking maybe the little boy that we saw in the first one has kind of grown up into his teenage angsty years. And now we have an invasion by these girl toys because the his little sister, we kind of saw this, you know, she had her baby versions in the end of the mm-hmm. first Lego movie. So now she's a little older and suddenly we have these girl toys that are coming in and I guess freaking out the the dark world of the boys toys style Legos. So mm-hmm. I, I'm interested to see where they take this. This could be a heck of a lot of fun. And I, I'm looking forward to laughing my way through this. Well, and, and as much as the first movie was about a father-son relationship. This one very well could be a brother-sister relationship. Yep. It really could. Which for any of us that grew up and we did have a sister, any of us boys and we had a sister, we can relate to this, you know. Mm-hmm. I always got along pretty well with my sister, though. So this this should be fun. But I had, I was the, young, I'm the youngest, so I, I was probably the annoying little brother. Well, I wasn't that annoying, I don't think. But, you know, so I didn't have an <laughs> annoying little sister. I had an older big sister and I would just, we'd play together anyway. So. Mm-hmm. But this should be fun getting getting to see, you know, the boy and his, his sister, you know, learning to play together and enjoy Lego together. <laughs> so I'm excited. And then we have what hopefully is going to be a fantastic movie this November. Hey, kid! Wake up! What is wrong with you? Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off! Ralph, what is it you're trying to say? We're going to the internet. What? Work it, make it, do it. I've ever seen. Welcome to the search bar. What can I help you find today? Um, Umbrella. Umbridge. Umami. No. Noah's art. No doubt. Nordstrom rack. <sighs> Ergonomics. Urban outfitters. Urkel. I'm pretty sure he's just trying to guess what you're gonna say. My autofill is a touch aggressive today. Let me try. Take me to a website that's super intense and really nuts. Oh, I only found one result. <laughs> Oh, come on. Princesses and cartoon characters barf. Hey. Whoa. Cool. You're coming with us, kid. <gasps> Hi. Whoa, whoa, ladies, I'm a princess, too. What kind? 
kind of a princess are you? Uh, do you have magic hair? No. Magic hands? No. Do animals talk to you? No. Were you poisoned? No. Cursed? No. Kidnapped, Kidnapped or, or enslaved? No. Are you guys okay? Should I call the police? Do people assume all your problems got solved because a big strong man showed up? Yes. What is up with that? She, she is, is a princess. princess. <laughs> Ralph breaks the internet. Shouldn't it be Ralph wrecks the internet? Yeah, since he is Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, yeah, but break the internet, it's like a thing. Right, it's just wreck the internet kind of sounds better, doesn't it? You're not wrong. So, yeah, we had a teaser for Wreck-It Ralph 2. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. And the teaser, I got me excited. This, unfortunately, this didn't get me excited. This actually kind of dropped a note for me. Oh, yeah, and I even on YouTube, looking on there, there was a lot of people that's like, uh-oh, this is starting to look like the Emoji movie. Yeah, yeah, which is, you know, that's a definite downside of coming out mm-hmm. after the Emoji movie, where it's, you know, a lot similar, where we're dealing with properties that we already know about. Yeah, um, and it really seems like uh, one person put it in very crude terms, but it's like Disney's just showing off, look at all of our properties is what this t- this trailer looked like. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. look, we're going to throw in Marvel and Star Wars and Disney princesses all in this movie. Yay, yay Disney. <laughs> oh. I'm like, don't make a yay Disney movie. I want to have more fun with Ralph because, you know, part of what made Ralph fun was having that nostalgia and all these other game characters. And then they gave us a really heartwarming story. So mm-hmm. this, this trailer, I th- I'm sure that's going to have a good heartwarming story. And I'm sure we're going to like this movie but i don't think this trailer really gave us anything to let us know just how excited we should be uh you know i the humor kind of fell flat in a couple places and you know it's not fun seeing all the princesses all together but i you know i i I know i get what the joke they were trying to do with the search engine guy but i was like yeah i know i've heard this joke a bazillion times i feel like it wasn't anything new that was going to make me laugh i'm like "Uh oh this movie feels like it's not going to be funny Oh, but what about the qualifications to be a princess? Yeah, I know that's another old joke that I was like, yeah, that would have been funny 10 years ago. You know, I'll, I'll tell you one thing I was very excited to see in this, though, was a large green frog. OK, I have to go back and look again. You didn't see Kermit? I didn't spot Kermit. Kermit's in there. Well, that's cool. But once again, Disney patting themselves on the back in their own movie. Hey, if, if we can get Muppets anywhere, I'm happy. That's true. I'm I'm still happy to see the Muppets. So <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to love this movie, but I don't think they did a good job with this trailer to show some of the fun of it. Or, I mean, they didn't even hint at some of the story other than like, look, they were going to the Internet. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. we knew that already. But well, I, I it's, it's the- a teaser. It's a teaser. They're not going to be giving us details of the story. Yeah. This, you know, this far out, you know, this is to help get us primed, help get us ready and help us understand a bit more. You know, of what it is that they're going to experience. You know, we yeah. saw the new character, yes. Um, so that gives us a, a, a little inkling about anything else that they're going through. And I like that they also address the fact, you know, wouldn't Ralph wrecks the internet be better? Yeah. Then Ralph breaks the internet. Yeah, but that's, so, the, that's the phrase ever since Kim Kardashian's backside popped up. Oh, she broke the internet. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. oh, those millennials and their new phrases. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm still looking forward because what what cracked me up is about that original teaser is watching Ralph screw up that game the little girl's playing. Yes. That was funny. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's the kind of things I want to see. You know, Ralph uh, Ralph making a mess. You know, that's kind of mm-hmm. what he does. He breaks stuff. He wrecks stuff. 
I, so I want to see some more funny stuff like that. So I'm, I'm expecting this movie. I'm going to love it. But I think they could have done better with this trailer because I they, they they really on the YouTube thing. There's a lot of people like, uh oh, I was excited, and now this makes me think this might not be as good as what we think. But as Kermit, as you were mentioning, has mentioned, everyone knows the sequel's never quite as good. Mm-hmm. So, but we're doing a sequel anyway. So unless uh, unless it's Empire Strikes Back, yeah, and then you've got a, an amazing movie to follow up the other amazing movie that will have yet a third amazing movie, and I will just be a one amazed person. So. <laughs> Or, da- or dare I say it, The Last Jedi. Which is still a good movie. Too soon. Think... Too soon. <laughs> I still liked that movie. I, I'm liking the new ones. It's not as good as the original trilogy, but that might be all my own nostalgia. But yeah, I still think they're making good Star Wars movies. So, all right. I know we've already had a lot of stuff on this show, and it's going to be a long show, and I was trying not to have it go long, and now I'm going to talk a long time and make it go even longer. But Mr. Eric from What Money. If World... Not you, <laughs> but because uh, you're Lost Boy, Eric. We call him Lost Boy What If because he's from the What If World podcast, which I hope maybe you checked out this week. If you listened to last week's show, we did recommend it. So I hope you went and checked out his show and you enjoyed it. It's great fun. But I still have more of my conversation with him where we're talking about uh, about story and how story is important and in, in Disney. And I'm gonna we're going to go through the rest of that conversation. And next week, uh, I'm working on getting together. We're going to talk about story inside the Disney parks, the story that's told to you in every Every land in a Disney park and even on every attraction. It's going to be a lot of fun. We haven't recorded it yet. I'm excited to do it. Uh, So enjoy this conversation and make sure you come back next week for more. To Disney and beyond. I think when it's done best is when they don't say, hey, look, we got a strong female character here. Because some movies feel like that. Star Wars, I love that they've done it where it doesn't seem like they've made a big deal out of it. Just like, oh, you know what? We're just going to create another female character that I think you're going to love. Yeah. And the just, films, I mean, because Ray, they just introduced her as his character. And gosh, we just loved her. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now, I think sometimes at conventions, Kathleen Kennedy likes to toot their horn at that. But you just ignore that. And it's like, let me just go into the story and present these characters to me because I don't care if it's male, female, whatever. You know, just give me a good character. But right. don't say, hey, look at me, you know, because y- you can sense that when they do that in some movies. And it's just like. Uh, okay, um, thank you for tooting that, but can you just tell me a story with this character and let me just love the character? Yeah, and, so. and, and that, and I think that's like where, where I, you know, a, a big, massive, I mean, insanely huge studio like, like Disney with all of their various properties, they have so much power. Mm-hmm. And I like to think that at least theatrically, like, they they're they're using it more responsibly they're they're trying to make it like they i mean they're everyone looks to them uh yeah e- even people who are like oh but it's just disney you know like they're just kids movies it's like no but they're there's they do so much now so yeah. they their influence is whether you like them or not and you know i happen to like them i've seen yeah. all of their movies almost but like <laughs> uh you have to acknowledge their influence. And oh, so yes. like the more they do stuff like this, like right now in, in, in just the world that we live in. So yeah. Sometimes you're going to have to like just force in more characters uh, because it's because people aren't thinking that like, oh, that could just as easily be a woman, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in that in that role. People like we don't. So so it's going to probably feel really forced for maybe for a whole nother generation yeah. until it's just and, then anyone then it, a, a movie can come out. It can be all men, <laughs> you know, t- 20 years from now. And, but that's fine because because there'll be three other movies that are all women or a good mix yeah. or whatever. 
Yeah, and I prefer a good mix. That's why I'm liking the, the, with the new Star Wars movies because it hasn't felt forced. Yeah. I, it feels like they just introduced a character and they just didn't make a big deal. But I'm like, hey, great, cool. Just make me love that character. Like even Rose's sister at the beginning of The Last Jedi. Oh, so you, good. Oh, you get it. You get pulled in with her because, you know, she's this desperate attempt to to drop these bombs. And you're like, see, this is how you get me in. And I, it doesn't matter if that's a male or female. I'm in with that character. Of course. So I think Disney is is for the most part doing it right and introducing these characters and not making it feel like it's forced. I mean, some other companies I do feel it because it has been kind of funny because it's almost become a, a, a trend thing to like, OK, we need to have more female characters. And so we had something like amazing, like Wonder Woman. It was a fantastic movie. And here lately I've heard, oh, look, now they're going to try to adapt Red Sonia again. And like, it seems to be like, well, now you're searching for some strong female characters you can work for. So, I mean, it's great to do that. I'm going to enjoy a Red Sonia movie. I like the old one even. You know, it's a cool character. But it's it's one of those things where where the money is. That's where they'll go. And so a lot of the strong female characters were getting, oh, hey, there's money in it. And so they're they're shoving it that way and not just coming up with stories for the sake of a good story. There's so much money tied up. So now oh, it's like you're so right. You're mm-hmm. you're so right. I mean, just just think about what you were saying about Walt Disney, like, you know, back at the beginning. He yep. he was he was doing a, a similar. Th- I mean, he wasn't just in it for the money. I, I have to I have to presume. I mean, I but he wanted he wanted to tell good stories. He wanted to tell stories that people would be interested in. So what did he do? Like he found existing properties. It's just that back then he was he was the guy making movies. So the so right. the existing properties, the things that people were aware of, were were these fairy tales, were these older stories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Wizard he like famously did not get Wizard of Oz, uh, it, it, you know, in time to, to have his animated film. And like yeah. that, that would have been an amazing thing to, <laughs> yeah. to have existed. And, uh, you know, there's um, but now now there's so much material out there. And it seems like yes. reboots uh, are yeah. just <laughs> where like all the money is going. Uh, yep. And it's it's yeah. So I mean, I love a lot of them. And some of them I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because it's like there's so many great stories still to be told out there, and I just want to see them all. But that's the thing that worries me is, you know, A Wrinkle in Time, as they've had a hard time adapting that one. I personally really liked this this new adaption, but it didn't do so well. It didn't go over yeah. very well with some other people. But that's it's one of those original stories kind of out there. It's kind of an oddball story. And there's a whole series of those that sometimes when you have these original stories, they don't quite make the money that they think it needs to. Mm-hmm. And so they don't follow up. I think that's why the Chronicles of Narnia series kind of fell apart, other than the fact that I think they should have stuck to the source material a little better. <sighs> uh, but, it, you know, you, you bring up a story that people maybe are familiar with if they've read the books, but maybe the, the world at large is like, well, I've heard of that, but they don't know anything about it. You know, it's it's they don't always come across. And so some, it's a real risk to be original these days to come up with a story that's different. Yeah, uh, yeah. But Walt, it- Walt would take those chances and... The, what was great with how Walt would do stuff is not only did he want to tell these stories and he figured, well, people probably heard the story of Snow White before. He'd try to find a different way to do it and tell it in a way with the technology. He was like, well, we're having a hard time being able to tell this story without doing this. So let's find a way to to do that. How can yeah. we make that work? So he'd have, you know, he the multiplane camera. He developed that way. You know what? We can do something where people are used to seeing 
a, a drawing, but now you can see that drawing move across the screen three-dimensionally. And even like the opening of Bambi, it's breathtaking because the way things are moving in a three-dimensional and through a forest and the opening of Pinocchio as you move into the village. Well, not quite the opening of Pinocchio. I think it's more of the daytime, but mm-hmm. you move into the village and then down into the streets. You're moving through pictures and suddenly it becomes more real because you're seeing it as a real thing instead of just looking at drawings. So what would find those ways to step it up to like, let's find ways to tell these stories in ways people don't expect them and using the technology. And I think, you know, it's one thing that the Disney company is still up on trying to find the new technology and merging it with Lucasfilm and getting gaining LucasArts and Skywalker Sound and all of that. Uh, Getting that new technology. I mean, that's like a toy chest for, for Disney. And if Walt was still alive and had that toy chest, I can't imagine what he would come up with to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is it is this sort of like um, this arms race, uh, this cinematic (laughs) arms race that that we see. And it's and it's like, what what what's going to be the next big thing? Everyone sort of thought Avatar was going to redefine the way movies were made. But it you know, but there's still that uncanny valley. So so characters like that that are just really like sort of 3D printed aren't like. You know, they're just they're not the strongest just yet. Like you still see them. They're more common in Star Wars films. But personally, I I just, you know, I still love like practical effects when they're done right. And there's, you know, Mm -hmm. like what's going to be what's going to be like, are they going to finally figure out that uncanny valley? In which in which case, like, what are they going to need human beings for anymore? (laughs) Yeah, I remember when they made that first Final Fantasy film, they were saying, oh, we can replace actors now. We'll just need their voices, you know, and they can motion capture or something. And it didn't work. No. <laughs> the movie are, kind are, of flopped. Are you talking about Advent Children? Uh, was that the name? I remember it was the first time they did it, and they did it very much a sci-fi. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Final Fantasy was that Advent. Yeah, I think I think that's what it was called. But but yeah, no, I agree. It like it, it when I saw the previews, I was like, wow, that looks so cool. And then when I was watching mm-hmm. it, I was like, I can't relate to these things right <laughs> but that technology is getting better when you see Way how better. even some games are made to now where actors who like to work on games they would be in a studio and just recording their voice when you look at some of the behind the scenes of like the uncharted games and they're actually acting out the entire scene with all these little dots and things on them and they're playing the character and the character is going to be put over their movement and even the face so you I mean that technology is developing and I love when that's when we see that in film uh, with with how realistic characters can look and the expressions on their faces that we can capture the actors so much better in animation. And I, I think Pixar is still on the front line oh, on that because, yeah. I mean, Pixar, let's face it, Pixar has been a, above the grade of making movies that were not kids movies in that mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. They, they've always had such depth. And as adults, they get that emotional punch in on us. I mean, who didn't cry at Coco? Show of hands. Oh. oh, I don't see any hands up. I think we all cried at Coco. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, man. No. And, and Pixar, I mean, talk about story. Like, Ooh. they, <laughs> I, I mean, they have really, really shaped the evolution of story in this century so yes, strongly. And, uh, you know, it was just uh, crazy that, uh, actually, were they uh, were they always Disney or were they acquired by Disney? They were acquired by Disney. Pixar actually started from George Lucas. They were some of the original uh, animators uh, that George Lucas had put together. And then eventually they were being run by, uh, I forgot the Apple guy's name now. 
Uh, Steve. Jo- oh wow. Steve Jobs. Steve, yeah, Steve Jobs ended up being like a head person with Pixar, and so they were because then he upped their technology with Apple a bit. Sure. And eventually, though, they they wanted to make their they'd made all these shorts, and they're great shorts. If you see some of their old shorts, yeah. you know, if you see Luxo Junior., I still absolutely adore Luxo Junior. But they wanted to make a feature film and had no idea how they would ever get it out. And that's where Toy Story comes from. And that's where the partnership with Disney came in. And then uh, it was, I believe it was uh, Bob Iger who went ahead and made the move and says, you know what? Instead of just having a contract with Pixar, let's go ahead and merge you into the company. And that the nice thing is that was a brilliant move because Pixar was telling stories the way Walt used to. Yeah. And it really helped revitalize Disney's animation because they started bringing some of the story people in from Pixar to help work on our current Disney animation. And now we a lot of people call this a new Disney renaissance of animation because it's they've suddenly gotten a lot better again. Right. And I, I mean, I think like but the way Walt used to to me is like innovating. That's that's really yes. what that means. It's like because what Walt was doing, no like nobody else was do- he was redefining animation. And and mm-hmm. and sa- and so too did Pixar. And uh and you know talking about that whole that whole like bad word of like or phrase of kids movie and <laughs> right. and 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 you're right. It is it is just something that we say. Like we it's it's dismissive. But you but to, but to say that about some of these Pixar films is really unfair. I mean, yeah, they haven't mm-hmm. all been amazing, but what I what I love most about them is that they they will address adult problems. You know, I mean, Wall-E, it's like that the, the end of the world happened before that. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, up that 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 man, like the first fifteen minutes of Up are oh. so moving and tra- and tragic, yes. and you can you know you can really like he's he is the villain of the first half of that movie. You know, um, <laughs> and it, but like but you feel for him all the same. Yes, you and, completely understand him. And and that so what you were saying about sort of like uh, you know. Uh, grown-up movies versus kids' movies. It's really just a matter of propriety. Like they and and and, and other movies, they just feel like they can throw propriety out the window, and yeah. they and they don't have to care about what message they're telling. And I think yeah. I think most of Disney properties now are like, you know what? We should always care about the message like yeah uh and 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 the and the and the style in which the content is delivered like we like off-color jokes can be damaging if you know i like mm-hmm. you kids still think i i remember a, a you know kid, uh, granted i was a nerd in in, in school i mean uh, i'm a podcaster right like <laughs> you could, probably could have guessed uh you know i just remember like kids just punching me in the in the you know what because that was just a thing that always happened and it and it was always funny you know and tv shows and whatever and it still like happens to bad guys and they're like ooh and and everyone laughs and it's like you know what? It's actually, it's actually like not that funny. You know, <laughs> like uh, if uh, if it's happening to you, there's you know, if it's just if it's literally just for a joke, like wh- why? Yeah. You know, people like uh, like the fact that a, a woman is heavy, she can't just be heavy. No, she has to like like fart or like get like have trouble getting through a door or something and it's like or burp or something yeah yeah, yeah like i i you know i tell i tell stories that are ostensibly for children i mean I, it does say stories for kids on, on my podcast but like right. I, I i like to think that i am still including moral messages the only reason they're stories for kids is because i'm not i'm not 
doing things that I feel are inappropriate I, or I'm trying right. not to, you know, yeah. I'm sure they slip in there every once in a while, but I, but I try, <laughs> I try my hardest to make them good. Yeah. Oh, and jumping back to something though, you had said, we're talking about the first 15 minutes of up. Mm-hmm. There's very little dialogue. There's a little bit when they're kids, but this is, I think the difference between how Pixar and how Walt could tell stories and tell a moral or a lesson is there's a difference between Telling it and showing it. Yeah. Show me a, a lesson. You don't have to come out and just tell me. And so, oh, by the way, this is a movie about da 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 because it's not, it's not, that's like Zootopia. That's my my one problem I had. It. It's like they had to tell me they weren't because like you were doing pretty good with with kind of showing me that hey, this could be a problem. But then when it's, I, I felt like they had to turn around into a tell me. I'm like, oh, come on. Hmm. But if you can like in up, you can they conveyed so much. Just by showing it to you. They didn't even have to use dialogue. So that's good storytelling in film. You got to remember you're in a very visual medium and you can communicate so much with the the lighting, the colors, the angle of your shot. I mean, I, you know, I've been studying cinematography here sure. uh, in a university. You know, of course, I'm going into audio, but I'm, I'm learning film as well. So I have, I'm more versatile. And that's one of the major things, choosing where you place your camera. Mm-hmm. How you want to, how you want to present it, how you want to light a character. There's so many things when we film with with a uh, with camera and we're using live people and for the quote unquote grown up style movie, we think about cameras and stuff. And it's important, I think, in animation, and that's something Walt did, and I think Pixar does too. Think about where you want to put the camera, how you want that character to, to appear. You know, how we want to view how the audience is going to be the voyeur into this story. How best can we convey the emotion that we want to get across? Mm-hmm. And that's I, I love how Pixar has been doing that. They've done so well with conveying the feel of things through the, even the background, how everything looks and uh, even the look of the characters and how they like them and the way we are presented them. They're not just being like Looney Tunes, where Looney Tunes, they could just, you know, hey, we're just being funny. We can just throw them out there. But when they put that thought into where is the camera at and, you know, that kind of thing, that's, see, that that's, I think, the big difference between making something very much childish because we're having to tell them everything and then finding just clever ways to show it to them to where they understand it because the expression on the face or how the face is presented and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, kids are really, really keyed into facial expressions more than we realize and, and sound oh, yes. too. I mean, you're studying audio. So like, like, uh, like if you have, if the music gets scary, even before anything scary happens, a young child is, c- could be terrified just, just right. by the sound. And even if it's a song they've never heard before, they like, there's this, uh, all these things, like all of our senses are very powerful and, and you're yes. wielding a lot of responsibility as a movie maker. If you, if you want, if you want your film to be accessible to all audiences, um, which I, you know, which I, I, th- I think those movies are. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And especially with what you're saying with music, that one of the things that breaks my heart is when you hear a lot of the modern, uh, even composers, they, they get, they keep getting told, well, we want just to kind of put you in the background here. We just kind of want to have you set a room. And so a lot of times composers are just doing generic emotions underneath and you don't have these big scores like we had for such a long time because yes, music can scare you. Like who, who could remember what the music does when Darth Vader first enters onto Tanta V4. Dun, 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 you know, yeah. you, 
that the musical hit and it's not in the background it's in the forefront music is so integral to telling story and i really i I, that's one thing i like about having john williams back and doing some star wars as he's getting back and doing what he does best and he's bringing that music back up where we're noticing and oh wow and even in solo uh, the music stepped up, and I, I was like, oh, I distinguishly hear something, and it is conveying and telling me what I'm feeling. And I, I really, I fear some modern films are, you know, telling those composers to back away so much. And even sometimes they'll put a, a temporary track of maybe some other film score that they got some other stuff, and they'll put a temp track down on the film, then give that to the composer and say, here, match this temp track. Yeah, yeah, and there's, I mean, there's a lot of, like, of you know styles of cinematic universes where where they, they they are making distinct choices like the you know the Avengers universe they want all of that to be more scenic and like everyone has their theme but they just kind of flow in and out and sometimes they mesh together and it just like it just feels surreal in in a little way that that like mm-hmm. just kind of brings you in but you're not but you're not paying attention to it and i i i agree that 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 isn't like it's not telling the story they're like it's just it's it's a different tactic uh and i think it, i think it it works for the marvel films but i think sometimes you know when when you want to tell a story like you know uh like wally for example it's silent for the first 20 minutes but mm-hmm. but there's scoring it's all you know it's all really well scored and yeah it is and, it's got some great scoring in that movie yeah and that is that is a voice that that is another yes. way to tell a story all all of it um you know it's like you said every little thing is 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 part of it yep there's so many different ways to tell a story and music is definitely one of my favorites i because i would go through i used to love to get soundtracks and i'd sit and i'd listen to the soundtrack and i would let the soundtrack retell me the story absolutely because you could imagine oh and especially i because one of the one of the greatest movies is is et i love it I cannot listen to the soundtrack of that as brilliant as it is because it's so brilliant. It takes me into that emotional place of the film every time and it pulls me along and it's it's it can be rough because that movie's got a lot of up and down and it's it's a yeah. that movie is an emotional ride and the soundtrack is that same emotional ride. And I I really hope film doesn't completely lose that to like you know what these composers were finding ways to tell us the story in their music so do not limit them. Yeah. Let them go for it. I think, yeah, I, I, I think you raise a really good point in that, like, sort of that the 90s it was kind of a golden age for, like, big composition. You know, you mm-hmm. had your Williams and, and like, Danny Elfman and uh, Claus Badelt. I guess, or that might have been, that mm-hmm. might have been the 2000s. But anyhow. Uh, Hans Zimmer. So, I mean, Hans Zimmer, of course. Oh. Yeah. I, gosh. Uh, I mean, just so, uh, just all these, like, all these big names, all these big sounds, and now it's it's harder. But there's also just so many more things happening. There's so much more media. Yeah. There might not be that many more movies. Um, that, I mean, that are getting widely released to, to American theaters, but there are tons and tons of movies on all of our streaming services, and and tons of shows with like cinematic scores. And yeah, there is this there is this weird sort of muted feel to some some of the you know some of the scores that we hear now as if like you mm-hmm. could just you could have any of it as background to any moment in your life yeah. and and you wouldn't think twice about it yeah it's one of those things that'll break your heart if you ever go in on youtube a lot of people have done this like here's you know we it needs to be sad so this means piano 
and strings. And, oh, well, it needs to sound like this. So that means we use these instruments. It's like it's the same thing. Because, like, oh, here's the generic way to have this emotion somewhere in the background. And it's really sad. It's like, oh, come on. Let's break the formula just a little bit. Because you can you can make sad sounds with a brass instrument. You know, it's possible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? It so- is. And, and I think some of it is is expedience. Like, I, yeah. uh, you know, I, I I have to make a story every week. And, (laughs) and I have to score that story every week. And it is so easy just to be like, all right, piano goes here (laughs) because, you know, uh, but you know, I do try to like, um, I do try to find when I can, I try to find something that, that fits in a way that's maybe just a little bit different because we, I think what you're sort of getting around to saying is uh, where you might've even said it already, but that where underestimating the audience sometimes. Yes. And there, there's more and more of that. Like, yes, Zootopia is, it's this it's this great parable that's playing out in this beautiful, cool world. But mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes it's a little like, it's a little telly and not, not quite showy enough. Right. Um, I, st- I still like the movie. I still love the yep. message of the movie, especially. And I like the, I like, you know, the try everything song. <laughs> and it's like, um, <laughs> But yeah, it's it's let the movie show and then encourage encourage the you know the talk afterwards. I mean, that's my exactly. thing when it comes to communicating with kids. Like show them and tell them, but maybe not both at the same time. Uh, like yeah. let them let them figure it out. Trust them to kind of feel what's happening and and what's right about it and what's wrong about it. And you know, the score does that, and the camera does that, and the facial expressions do that, and the lines do that. Um, but the lines are like just this tiny, tiny, tiny thing in the, in the big wide world of a movie. And mm-hmm. then, and then, but yeah, have a dialogue after the movie, like talk. Exactly. And, and then, that's, yeah. That's part of the fun of going to the movies is when you get it, get your, your friends or your family all together in the car and then you start discussing the movie. Oh, hey, what did you think when this happened? That's part of the fun of going to film. And even that's why movie theaters, I, I hope we don't lose going to movie theaters because oh, there's something community about when we all come together and watch that movie on a big screen together. Even when I went to go see Solo and I've told the story before. Uh, you know, the the fire alarms go off and, and, you know, so we're all getting evacuated out of the theater. But the funny thing is when we all came back into that room and then, you know, the, they're on a pause screen. We're just looking at Han Solo's face. But there we built some community and there's we're all discussing what, well, oh, how about the movie and about this? And, you know, how okay, what do you think? Is this really cool? We got to see the Falcon already. What do you think of how the Falcon looks? And But suddenly we had this community of strangers in this movie yeah. theater getting to talk about the movie. And like, that's what film is supposed to be able to do. It kind of we get together, have this community experience together, watching a movie together. And then we get back in our cars and we talk about it. What it, And especially when you're when you're seeing something with your kids and there's a good lesson for them that's a great time for the kids to be able to talk to their parents like you know and the parents can ask questions like so what did you think when this happened you know and then it's a that's that's why we have parental guidance because parents can guide their children into some of these important messages and teach them so yeah yes you've nailed it (laughs) well thank you and i also speaking of parental guidance oh like that's such an important thing the the pg rating is a lot 
looser than it used to be. If if oh. and, 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 and yeah, so you you've noticed, and it's like so. Go ahead and like take your kids. Of course, uh, you know they're your kids. It's your family, and see the movies you want to see. But like take that rating seriously and guide your kids through this because sometimes there's going to be stuff that they're not going to understand or that mm-hmm. or that like you said, they're the the movie makers might not be thinking this is just a kids movie, so they pile in some weird characters, some off color stuff that like I'm just like, ugh, why is this in here? And and but I would I would be like, you know what? This is a learning moment. This uh let let me like talk about why this this character was just seemed needlessly cruel throughout the whole movie or yeah. you know, to to his friend and why didn't they ever why didn't they ever talk about that? Like uh, you know, or why like these two uh, these like there's always there's always the dynamic of like the nerd and the bully. I mean that that is a movie big time movie trope and I, <laughs> yeah. feel, I feel like almost, you know, in in they almost always become friends or work together, but like they never address the fact that they were bullied. I mean, that sometimes that doesn't happen. They'll just be like, "Are we good? Yeah, we're good." No, like fist bump, <laughs> and you're like, "No, man, talk about your problems. <laughs> like, like uh, apologize." You know? <laughs> um, yeah. Like, uh, but then, but yeah, if that doesn't happen, then yeah, that that's why parental guidance is suggested so that you can mm-hmm. take these moments and 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 make them learning moments. Yeah, and even really great moments going back into Pixar's Monsters Incorporated. When you have that moment where Sully sees oh, what they're doing to kids. Yeah. And he looks in the monitor and he sees Boo's face. Oh. Once again, no dialogue. We just see it. That, to me, is such a great teaching moment. Uh, and when you when you turn around into, oh, hey, now we've learned we're making kids laugh. So when they have that kid who's – because I actually heard somebody criticize the beginning of that movie because it was scary at the very beginning when we show the monster under the bed. It's like, no, this whole movie is a teaching moment because if you have a – maybe a kid's a little afraid of the dark or afraid there's going to be a monster in the closet, you now have an angle. It's like, oh, you know what? He doesn't want to scare you anymore. See, we saw he wants to make you laugh because he knows he, you don't want to be scared. Yeah. You have this whole thing that you could set up with your parents. You know, and suddenly I don't have to be afraid of the dark. Yeah. I just want to come out and make me laugh. And that's why parental guidance. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, It's all it's all in how you uh, approach it. Yes. There's so many things that you can learn stuff from movies, but you have to have the right parents willing to take the time with their kids. Communicate with your kids, parents. (laughs) Sit around the family dinner table. Talk about stuff. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been fun. We could keep talking about this on and on and on, I'm sure. But we got to we got to let Mr. Eric go back to what if world so he can tell more stories over there. (laughs) Yeah. And I got to let you back to Neverland. Oh, well, we've been in Neverland the whole time. Oh, okay, See? excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> but so how can people find What If World if they want to come visit and hear some fun stories? Oh, well, thank you for asking. Yeah, um, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, where, wherever you find your podcast. Just look for What If World. And uh, you can, you know, you can even tell Alexa to to play us, um, play the What If World podcast, and 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 if she'll spit us out. <laughs> and of course, your your show is fueled by kids having questions. Yes. So if they go to the website, and they find a way for the kids can have the What If question oh, and submit it. Yes, you're doing a much better job of this than me. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> yes. I'm an old pro now. <laughs> you can uh, parents. 
well, kids can get their parents' permission and their help to call 205-605. Yes, parental guidance. <laughs> so, and call 205-605-what? And then they can just leave their what if question, tell me something they like. I collect all these questions. I have a big, big, big folder uh, I call my question bag and I just I randomly pick at least one a week and oftentimes two or three so I can try to answer as many of these awesome <laughs> questions as possible and it's a great fun doing it so I definitely recommend it it's good clean fun and it's imaginative which is one of the things we're big of here in Neverland so everybody go check it out thank you I had some good clean fun today <laughs> we try our best <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you. (laughs) Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.